Broadcasting from Denver, Colorado, and speaking with people across the globe, you're listening to the Joyful Living podcast series. I am your host, Greg Gonzalez, founder of Joyful Living LLC, whose mission is to show how conscious connection is the key to lasting and permanent joy. This new season brings a focus to the This Is Me guided vocal journaling program. We have assembled a wide variety of interviews from all corners of the world to share in their experiences of this unique but powerful practice of mindfulness and self-care. Listen as my participants share their personal and heartfelt stories of joy, happiness, love, and peace, as well as discussing the power of journaling. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy. Okay, we are here to do a little bit of guided journaling. I have my dear friend Jessica joining us today. Say hi, Jessica. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So she has gone through the trouble of picking out a theme that we're going to discuss today. And today's theme is on making a difference. You ready to play? I am. Okay. So as I'm sure we've talked about before, don't think about a correct answer. Just give me what answer comes to you in this moment. Mm -hmm. Take a deep breath and just take each question as it comes. Answer openly and truthfully. Ready? Mm -hmm. I sure. Question one. What is the nicest thing someone has ever done for you? Oh my goodness. I guess the nicest thing would be just being there when I've needed assistance. I think that's, that's probably the nicest thing anyone could do is actually be there. Mm -hmm. And what's the nicest thing you've ever done for someone? I would say be there as well. Be there for somebody. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate more on being there? Is it just... I think being attentive, um, being authentic, having that empathy and understanding, but not trying to control the, the situation or the content of what's happening. I think it's just being there, like just whatever that means for that person in that time, in that space, whatever they need from you, just being there to provide that, not necessarily feeling like you have to do this or that or another thing, just, just be with them. Okay. What kind of qualities would you say that a good mentor must possess? Mm. I think somebody who is a good mentor actually has to be someone who's very good at self-reflection. So I think being a good mentor starts and is mostly within the person who's doing the mentoring. I, I think that you have to be willing to self-reflect. You have to be able to, you know, accept that, you know, there are mistakes that are made or that you can do things differently or, or better. I think that starts in that person. And I think it's about leading by example, not, you know, telling like words, really words mean nothing, you know, actions speak louder than words. And so it's about that process of 
you know, letting somebody watch and take what they have for themselves and being open and honest with that person to allow, you know, I'm vulnerable to that person to allow them to ask you things that might not seem relevant to you, but are clearly relevant in their experience. So I think it really sits, the responsibility sits a lot on the person to not necessarily, you know, how am I going to be a good mentor, but how am I going to look within myself and how am I going to be okay with being vulnerable to allow somebody to ask me what they need to learn to grow? Excellent. I want you to take a minute and think about what gifts and skills you currently feel that you have that make you who you are. Can you tell me about how those gifts and skills can best serve others and the world at large? I think, you know, specific to my work, I'm very driven and passionate about social injustices and, and writing those and making sure that there is, um, that there is ample uh, kind of experiences available for our kids in our next generation and making sure that that is an equal playing field, no matter what your background is from. And I think that sense of, I think you can go two ways with that passion and that sense of needing to do right and, and your that drivenness. And I think you can go one way and it can be hardcore and, and maybe almost seem a little bit rude, or you can go another way and you can figure out how to harness that and make and do the changes sort of leading from behind rather than being on the front end and offending people with, you know, your concept of, you know, maybe what they don't want to hear. And I think that's really important when you have those qualities to make sure that you're doing it in a way that's still respectful that some people may not be where you are and may not see it the way you see it. And so you can't, you can't force that on people. You can't, you can't, your passion is maybe not their passion and that's okay because lots of people are passionate about different things. So just learning how to harness that and also how to rein it in when you need to and respect other people's viewpoints and other people's other passions and other, like we just respect other humans for who and what they are and not, not, necessarily think that you're absolutely right. Even if you are, you have to be careful of that sometimes. Right, right. Great answer. This is a bit of a two-part question, but what do you think the world needs more of? And what do you think the world needs less of? I think the world needs more connection and compassion. And I think the world needs less judgment. I think we have become a society where just simply even in social media, we live and breathe judgment. Um, as much as there can be so many helpful websites and blogs and this and that, you know, I, I think about even having a child and trying to find information. You know, you even go on Pinterest and there's, you know, 95 different ways of doing one thing. And you start wondering like, you know, this person says it's right to do it this way. And this person says it's right to do it that way. And you start second guess, like, what is, what is right? Like what, what exactly is right? And where are we? And I think that judgment is, you know, we, we hear, you know, moms talk about mom shaming and we hear people talk about, 
we bullying, all of these things that are coming up. I think the world needs much less judgment. People just need to be themselves and be allowed to. We're all different humans. There's different cultures. There's different, you know, practices, different religions, all of that. And all of that's okay. And I think there just needs to be so much less judgment and so much more compassion about be you, do you, you know, and I think also if we connected with each other better, we would understand each other's, where each other's coming from and perhaps be a lot less judgmental. This isn't one of the questions, but how do we become less judgmental? How do we unwire that in your opinion? Maybe, maybe by more connection. And I think maybe by overriding this messaging of, you know, a right way and a wrong way. Um, I, I just think of the example of when I had my son, um, the first couple nights, he just, every time I put him down, he's crying and crying and crying. He just would not settle and in his bed and he's just crying and crying. And, and I like four nights in or something, my mom come into the bedroom in like two o'clock in the morning and she just comes in and she goes, put that baby on his tummy. And I had been told at the hospital, you never put a baby on their tummy. You have to back sleep them. And I flipped him over on the top and it's like surreal. I flipped him over onto his tummy to sleep. He fell asleep. And for four years of his life, he has slept on his tummy. I didn't <laughs> have issues after that. And like that judgment on me of like, I had, I just was so, I remember the public health nurse after being like, so how's he sleeping? And I remember kind of admitting that he slept on. She's like, he should be doing that. He's at higher risk of this, higher risk of this. And, you know, I remember my mom saying, you know, she had three biological children and she said each child, they told her something different with the way that they need to sleep and that you would harm your child otherwise. And so, you know, I think there needs to be more of that, you know, generational stuff where, you know, if she wouldn't have said that to me, when I have battled for the rest, I would have had a hideous experience, but because she knew something and that judgment was totally able to just be able to be like, okay, I don't, need to listen to what somebody thinks is going to happen I can actually do what I need to do and what's best for my baby and I think that's what we need to do more of in society we don't need to be doing this whole judgment shaming thing of you know how like what we think is going to happen or the health risk or whatever we we look back I think we look back on generations and we say okay what can we do differently here right I agree So there's so many causes in the world right now, so many efforts that are doing things to try and make the world a better place. Can you think of one or a couple that are meaningful to you, that you're passionate about? And if you had unlimited means, how would you contribute to making a difference in those, in those care areas? I think we need to be doing more to invest differently in our kids. Um, not necessarily increasing or needing more, um, you know, capital per se. I think we just need to be doing it differently. I don't think we're doing a good job um, of how we're dealing with our next generations. And I think that kind of comes from because we don't know how. I think everything has shifted so quickly in society. We have this new social media thing we knew nothing about, you know, 20 years ago. We don't know how to navigate it. So I think we just need to be doing a better job of how do we actually consciously navigate this? Because I think a lot of times people are just winging it and they don't want to get themselves educated. They don't want to understand what's going on. They don't want to admit that this could be um, able to, this could be something that we could be 
they, they don't want to admit that this is something they're able to do. They just want to be like, hands off. I don't know. I'm going to, you know, and I think parents need to harness that and be like, we need to do something different. And I think that that is, um, that's important. Okay. We'll just do a couple more here. When people ask you for your help, what is it usually for? Oh my goodness. Um, I guess just to be a listening ear would be what people would ask. I guess personally, that would be what they would ask for. I mean, in my work, I do a lot of extra stuff, but yeah, certainly in my, in my personal life, it would be to be a listening ear. For sure. And why do you think they come to you for that? Well, I guess part of it would be <laughs> I'm trained to listen. So, <laughs> um, I, I probably because I can, I'm able to listen. I probably because, yeah, I, I'm trained to listen. I, I am trained to ask questions. So, I mean, some of that does spill over into your personal life and your friendships too, right? You, you do know how to listen and you do know how to ask or help or something like that. So that's probably why. Mm -hmm. Probably because Maybe. I can. Well, yeah, I was going to say maybe just some energetic pull that they yeah. get that sense about you because it is part of mm -hmm. your work per se, but it also is so much mm -hmm. of, who you are as a person that confiding in you coming to you when they're struggling or just need to share knowing that your ear is always there and um yeah mm -hmm. i could i could see that <laughs> okay last question what do you currently feel a deep connection to and why does it touch you so profoundly are we talking about people or like things or just in, in general? general? What do you have a deep connection to? Well, I think the obvious things, you know, my child, my family, my, you know, friends, you know, things like that would certainly have connection. I also have a very deep connection to my work because it's the foundation of, you know, much of what fulfills me in terms of being able to make a difference and move things forward. Um, so I would say definitely, you know, the people and my work would be my two biggest things I'm very connected to and very much about deriving fulfillment out of them. Could you remind us what you do? <laughs> oh, what do I do? Uh, I work <laughs> for a youth organization and that is um, providing programming to youth, uh, any type of programming to youth, um, just for supports and services, as well as being a therapist. So I wear two hats. I think you have more hats than just two, but I think that <laughs> sums it up pretty good there. Knowing you exactly. like I know. <laughs> You're probably very right. I do have more hats than two, but you no, those, are, those are the two umbrella hats. Let's put it that way. Those are the two umbrella hats that I wear, and then there's more underneath there. There's, there's many hats that fall under there, the umbrella hat. Gotcha, You're gotcha. Right. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for taking this time to share with us uh, your answers to these questions. This is, again, similar to a guided journaling exercise that I feature within my work. And really, this is just to highlight how we can write with our voice, we can express ourselves in many different ways. And this is just a way that I have found that I think is very impactful. It's very real. Um, and hopefully you, you'd enjoyed it as much as I did. Absolutely. Great. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Joyful Living, the podcast series. If you like the show and would like to learn more about me and Joyful Living, be sure to check out my website listed on the podcast description page or feel free to leave a review on your podcast distributor. Join me next week as we continue our discussions on living joyfully. Thank you for listening, and as always, choose joy.